0: How about this fucking team right here? Dustin Brown, short-handed for LA. Score! Here is Golagowski. He gets leveled at the blue line by Dowdy.
1: Shoot for it, shoot for it. Uh, kind of like it. Richard throws it in front. corner. score! Well done, boy. Here's some swagger. Pushed on the shove. We're going to get it done.
0: This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Thanks Bud podcast. I'm Chanel Berlin. And I'm Diane Pham. And we are together for this podcast to once again talk about how the Kings have won all of their games this week. The best news and my favorite thing to say when we start a podcast.
1: It is my favorite thing and I'm glad we get to continue to say it. Thank you, Kings, for not being terrible.
0: They have done really well this week. Um, They played four games, including a back-to-back, and they won both of those, even though one of them was... They came out looking pretty bad at first, but they managed to pull it out in the end. It wasn't the most uh, kings-like type of win, but they made it happen, so I'm I'm okay with it.
1: Even with playing quick in both in both games, which was an interesting choice, yeah, in my opinion. Um, and then putting Martin Jones against the Pittsburgh Penguins, like why? Yeah, but I mean, I guess they know better than I do because it worked out for them.
0: Although, like I, I was thinking about that the other day, though, considering all of those games. You know, you have the Capitals where their biggest threat is obviously Ovechkin, and then you have the Penguins who, even though on the surface they're still, like, the team that's, like, a threat at all times, they actually have not been playing very well recently. So their sure. biggest threat is still, like, Sidney Crosby because um, they've had more injuries and whatnot. So it's oh, like yeah, they're just dying. kind of have to pick which superstar uh, forward you want Martin Jones to face and it worked out for them yeah because <laughs> they won all those <laughs> games but it is like a weird choice to have to make but it was tough for a little bit of that because they did get outshot the Penguins game and they were they came out flat in the capitals game but they they, they made it happen they now have a record of 44 25 and 6. For 94 points. So they're 8th in the league, still 3rd in the Pacific Division. I think they're going to stay 3rd in the Pacific they're gonna, Division. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that 3rd is there. It's been clinched for like Rake. weeks now.
0: The Coyotes lost their last game, but they have been winning you know, pretty recently to maintain their own playoff spot. So the Kings have not yet clinched a playoff spot, but it will happen very soon, I imagine.
1: I haven't checked after yesterday's game, but before yesterday's game, the Kings' chances of making the playoffs was a 999 so unless our team gets replaced by the Leafs, <laughs> I think the Kings will be all right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm not I'm not worried about that. The <laughs> biggest question actually is, you know, everybody's hoping they face the Ducks, but now, like yesterday, the Ducks won their game and the Sharks lost their second game in a row, allowing the Ducks to jump ahead of them again by one point. And I need the Sharks to get it together because I would rather see a Kings-Ducks series if only because it hasn't happened, and also because I want the Kings to be the team that knocked the Ducks out of the playoffs.
1: Yeah, that would just be beautiful. And it'll be like, hey, which Southern California team is better? Oh yeah, that'd be the Kings.
0: <laughs> and the Sharks need to do their part to allow that to happen. Yeah. But right now, they seem to be real determined to play the Kings in the first round. So, um, let's talk about Andre Kovacar. Let's! Let's Because I he's feel like he's,
1: he's blowing up the Twitter scene right now. Everyone's talking about him.
0: He has been so... Wonderful to watch all season, obviously, but very recently, like last night, we went to last night's game against the Jets and he
1: scored two goals. He very nearly got a hat trick. Oh, everyone, everyone around us was just like, give it to Kobe when (laughs) uh, the Jets pulled their goaltender. Everyone was just hollering that, like actually, even before then, just throughout Mm -hmm. the entire, the entire game. Um, And he's been playing well, especially with, with Like, not that he hasn't played well with anyone else, but the Gabrick trade is looking like an excellent trade, because he's clicked very well with Andre Kovachar, and they are making things happen.
0: I would just like to note, actually, that the Kings have already completely benefited from that trade, because Gabrick now has eight points, and if we all recall, Matt Fratton left the team um, having earned six points in Way more games, yep. so uh, happy with that Gavrik switch right now. It's fine, and anything else he produces at this point is just gravy. It seems like he will continue to do that. Him and Kobitar have found, I think, a pretty good rhythm and a good chemistry, and it's working out.
1: And and- Gabrick's had like a ton of like breakaways or mm-hmm. just like speeding around players, and you know the goal- goalie has stopped them, but the attempts themselves were beautiful.
0: Yeah, I think that has been a little surprising because it's not a big part of their identity still, the speed thing, but they look really fast. And not just Gabrick, but even the younger players like Toffoli and Pearson. Very fast
1: players. Yeah, let's, let's talk about the speed for a second because, I mean, the Kings are a very slow team. <laughs> um, you see that every time they play someone like the Avalanche or the Stars or something like that. But with the addition of Gabrick, everyone seems to be stepping up their game. And like you said, the rookies are very speedy. Like mm-hmm. Tyler Toffoli's, two of his most recent goals was him kind of going in on a breakaway and mm-hmm. like scoring. And then Tanner Pearson had that beautiful goal, both up the, the left side. And then I always forget, but Trevor Lewis is extremely fast. really fast player. And he can make things happen, whether or not he scores a goal, but he can at least get a play going. And then Jeff Carter with his speed as well. So, kind of just more speedy elements kind of picks up the, the Kings game quite a bit.
0: Yeah, it's still not the cornerstone or the foundation no, no. of the Kings game, but I am very curious to see how that element is weaved into the system a little bit more because I think now they have a lot of guys who are capable of playing a faster pace. So I think it'll be awesome to see that happen more often, and to finally not see games automatically leave the Kings' control just because a team picks up the speed a little bit. That's the best.
1: Yeah, even in yesterday's Jets game, when they started kind of like, um, had a fire under their ass trying to get some more goals, the Kings were a little bit scrambly, but it wasn't completely, they didn't completely fall apart. Mm -hmm. They still held their own, which, uh, in earlier iterations of the Kings, would not have been the case. Very true.
0: So, okay, Kobitar. The other thing is that now, having scored those two goals yesterday, he is only two goals behind Jeff Carter. And earlier in the season, I said what I would like is for Kobotar and Carter to have to battle it out to be the top goal scorer on the team. And that is very nearly happening, and I'm very excited about it. <laughs> So if Kopitar could just grab a couple more, tie it, and then have them battle it out through these last seven games that they have.
1: And if they could both be aware that they're doing this, and then just continue to score like a ton of goals. Uh,
0: Speaking of scoring goals,
1: though, the Kings have scored 19 goals in their last
0: six games, which is an average of 3.17 goals per game.
1: I've been shaking my head the entire time that she's been saying (laughs) this because it makes no sense and I don't know who these people are. Remember when the Kings went? six games it had scored three goals. <laughs> <laughs> I remember like coming back uh to the to the Olympic or after the Olympics and I was like, I would just like to celebrate and like the Kings were losing or or whatever. I was like, I would just like to see the Kings score three goals within like a, like, or a two- or three-game stretch, <laughs> yeah. and instead they scored like six or something like that. I was like, Well, oh, how special, but they're still doing that, yeah, so yeah. I mean, I'm glad that the, that the Kings are scoring goals again.
0: It's, it's nice. If they keep up this pace of scoring much more and keep their defensive game and their uh, goaltending where it is, they have a great chance to go deep again in the postseason, which I doubted earlier like both of us were like they're going out in the first round <laughs> yeah. and now i think if they go out in the first round if that happens it will be more because of like really um well-fought games between both teams rather yeah. than like the kings are an inconsistent mess and it would be like a seven together. game
1: battle yeah you know or something like that and where the kings played well but you know just happened to be beat instead of being a tire fire
0: right yeah yeah, instead of, you know, being a boring team to watch during January because they can't get anything going, they're now getting the bounces. They are pretty much on top of the game, are really able to recover when things get a little sloppier. They're also getting the calls. <laughs> they have That's had true. so many goals under review oh the past gosh. week.
1: Oh my gosh. It has been insane. Like, I, every time a goal has been scored, I, like, look towards the refs and the linesmen being like, are they huddling? Is this goal going to be under review? Because I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. Um, and for what reason, I do not know. Yeah. It's like, every reason under the sun. Like, was there goaltender inter- interference? Was that stick over the height of the crossbar? Yeah. Was there a simultaneous penalty that happened mm-hmm. uh, during the goal? What ha- Like, was there a distinct kicking motion? It's like, every single goal has been like, uh, oh, wait a minute, right. let me just... Uh, let me check that first.
0: Yeah. But most of the time in these last few games, the calls have gone on the Kings' favor, whether that's like goals that were disallowed by the opponents, as in the Penguins game, which allowed them to eventually win that game 3-2, or last night there was that first, no, Kopitar's first Kopitar's goal, goal, which was under review, but then counted. So that's great. The only one that really was
1: sort of oh my gosh.
0: egregiously didn't count was that goal by Alec Martinez, And that's unfair because every goal by Alec Martinez should count.
1: (laughs) Every single goal, no matter how it is scored. And it and it wasn't even like you could like sometimes it'll be like, Okay, that was like a high stick or Mm -hmm. whatever. But it was a great shot and it just so happened that Jeff Carter was in front of the net and quote unquote cross checked someone. And by cross check I mean gently like scooted (laughs) like out of the way, like you are allowed to do in the game of hockey. But it was called for cross-checking, and so the goal did not count, and then I threw something at my television. How could you do that to Alec Martinez? Of all people, Alec (sighs) Martinez.
0: But it's fine, because then he scored in the next game. And that was a good goal. And that was beautiful. Oh, but we keep getting away from Andre Kopitar, and I want to talk about (laughs) Andre Kopitar and his... Battle, I guess you could call it at this point, for the Silky. In my mind, it is only between Ajay Kowatar and Patrice Bergeron. And Patrice Bergeron is, like, refusing to slow down. So we're we're part of this king's fandom kings twitter campaign that you might have seen the hashtag two hashtags Jules from the crowd started kobatar for selkie and uh but now everybody is sort of adopting hashtag selkie smooth um which is hilarious which yeah which is amazing i i need that to continue let's just push for andre kobatar i just want all of the media people to notice LeBron he seemed did. to notice
1: yeah
0: i mean i don't know if he specifically noticed the campaign but he's noticed andre kobatar
1: and that's what matters and that
0: is important
1: Um, I would like to get the mailing addresses of all of the people from the Professional Hockey Writers Association so that I can send them a very detailed brochure (laughs) as to why they should vote Kopitar for the Game. Yeah.
0: Basically, like, I'm imagining when I was in college, I had a couple of internships working for some very small, like, record labels, and I would help set up their, like, PR things, send out a one-sheet, and maybe, like, a sample, like, CD and whatnot. If we could just do that for Kopitar, which is sort of what happened with the graphic that uh, we posted, where it's, like, a four-year consideration, Ajay Kopitar, like, pseudo Oscar, and we <laughs> think about how good this person is. Don't you want to vote for him? The funny thing, of course, with that graphic is it ended up on the King's site, yes, which is awesome, um, thanks to the royal half who put it in his preview. But now people are seeing it, and it's funny how many people either don't get it, or- Oh,
1: my favorite thing is when people don't get jokes.
0: <laughs> I am like, did you see the picture that was used? It is the best picture of Kovatar Yes, posing on a sunny bench. <laughs>
1: And I love when immediately after, like, I like the people who then uh, respond with like five tweets as to why, like, Jonathan yeah. Tave should be the Selkie. I was like, this is this is not the purpose that's of this. <laughs> literally not the point. Also, you're wrong. It should yeah, not you're be Jonathan Taves. That's totally incorrect, but that's, not also, that's also not the yeah, purpose. Yeah. Jonathan Taves, fine person. player,
0: but he should not win the Selkie again. Yeah. In my mind, it's between, between Kobitar and Patrice Bergeron. Right now, Kobitar is beating him in the forward part of this award, which is that Kopitar has more points. He has actually two less goals. He has 24 goals, and uh, Bergeron has 26, but Kopitar has more assists. And if you look at, like, player usage and whatnot, Bergeron gets more defensive zone starts. But the thing to keep in mind, I would remind everyone, is that the Kings are the number one possession team. Boston, I think, right now is fourth. Fourth so the Kings have that challenge of there is literally no player on the team that starts in the defensive zone more than the offensive zone because they always have the puck. But on this team, where that's true, Kopitar gets the toughest deployments, and um, overall he faces a little bit tougher competition than Bergeron. So I think it's sort of a neck-and-neck neck race if you look at all of the stats and stuff. And um I will be interested to see how the voting actually goes, because I think at the end, they should be one and two, whoever wins. Yes, yeah, yeah. But, but we'll see what happens. Because
1: in the past, like, Kopitar has been noticed, like, I mean, we grip about it all the time, but he has been noticed by people. But he's always, like, fourth. Yeah. You know, and voting, or something like that. So, if, well, let's be honest, he better be number one. He better be hoisting that award. I think so. Um, but yeah, him and should be one and two. silky smooth. That's what we're going Continue for. Continue with
0: it. Everyone hashtag it. Have to figure out the next thing to promote Kopitar. I was saying to Diane just before we started recording that probably it should be a video. <laughs> to a video reel. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so if you have any suggestions for the obviously ridiculous song that we will have to go instead, video,
1: let me know. I'm open to it. Please make it a good one because um, immediately after Trevor Lewis's video, I was going around singing... Yeah, Taylor Swift, twenty two, like nonstop. Yeah. Also, I figured that like that video was
0: so fun. I, anything that comes after has to sort of live up to it. But we'll we'll make it happen. We'll figure it out. It'll, It'll be, be all good. good.
1: It'll be all
0: gone. Speaking of Trevor
1: Lewis, though, oh my god, I am so excited because we saw a Trevor Lewis goal with our very own eyeballs. Yeah. in the Jets game last night. Yeah. And it was a very Trevor Lewis goal because he shot it. And then the goalie technically sort of saved it. And then it just, like, trickled through. Right. I'm like, I'll take <laughs> it. Trevor Lewis everyone, if you watch the video again, um, he shoots and everyone kind of, like, it looks like it's been saved, but everyone's kind of just, like, hovering around, suspended in time, waiting to see what happens. Yeah. And then, like, it trickles through and goes to the goal. And then everyone erupts. Beautiful.
0: And our seats so were cute. on the far side yeah. um, of the rink we were behind. The king's goal, quick goal. So for for we had sort of like a perfect view of the puck going in, even though it was far away. It, just seeing it sort of
1: like bounce, get <laughs> saved, and then oh no, it's trickle, still trickle, trickling, trickling <laughs> in the back of the net. Oh, it was so great. I was so happy. I like leapt up and yelled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, like, kind of hugged each other. It was an embarrassment. I was like, nobody could look at me right
0: now. Yeah, we were the most excited in the section. Like, other Kings fans were excited about the goal. We were ex. Static for Trevor Lewis and seeing him score in person. Good things come to those who wait for Trevor Lewis.
1: Yeah, I, thank you for Trevor Lewis for knowing that we were in the building and yeah. then scoring a goal then.
0: And now it means he has set a new career high, Yes, which we just talked about. With
1: six goals, and so I'm glad that he is in his uh, goldiest season this yeah. year, after, after everything that has happened. He has somehow had his best and worst season
0: at the same time. <laughs> An amazing feat by Trevor
1: Lewis. But in the end, it's going to be the best because of the fact that he scored all his goals and um, is at a curry high there, and the fact that he was at the Olympic uh, camp. True. Like, the things are going Trevor Lewis' way.
0: You can't deny it. Trevor Lewis's best season. I feel like he's tried a lot to shoot at the goal from behind the net, and I feel like that is the perfect representation of his season, except for it's like eventually that puck shot from behind the net goes in. That would really be the only way to top everything that's happened for him this season.
1: I would love that just for the last last game of the season or something like that against the Ducks. Just for him to try to shoot from behind the net, and it just happens <laughs> to like, some like opposing, or the, one, like a Ducks player, yeah, and just go and goes in, the net. in Just gif that and plaster it onto my eyeballs, because <laughs> I will watch that for the end of days yeah. if that would happen.
0: Oh yeah. Another thing, I was thinking actually last night, before we left the Saples Center, I was like, if I could tattoo like a
1: gif to my heart, it
0: would be that kick save by Jonathan Quick uh, at the end of the game.
1: But <laughs> you would tattoo that gif, and then underneath it, it would have to be the caption, that Harrison Mooney very ardently posted, which is hot scorpion magic, <laughs> yeah. which is 100% correct. So, like I know that it's it's like a scorpion save just because of the way he is, right? But it's the hot and the magic sandwiched <laughs> yeah. around it that it really it so
0: beautiful makes
1: it beautiful. And that piece, if you guys haven't reddit you should
0: it's pretty funny and also just perfectly sort of encompasses the feelings that i had about that save watching it and then a lot of people seem to have on twitter at least um and even quick in his post game noted he was like i don't know that goal might have been going wide but he got his leg up and he saved it anyway and it looked awesome and i loved it
1: (laughs) (laughs) It it was a good game uh yesterday Tyler, I want I want to talk about Tyler Tafoli for just a moment because the goal that he scored yesterday was gorgeous. All alone against, admittedly not a great goalie, but just like rifled that thing past and it hit the back of the net. And I was so I was so happy. I mean, I I that's I mean I might have yelled louder for that than Trevor Lewis' goal because that was more instantaneous. Yeah, but I just like shot up in my seat. I was so excited.
0: <laughs> I don't think I I don't think we've made it entirely clear how much we love Tyler
1: Toffoli. Oh, I, yeah, I don't know if we talk about it on the podcast enough, but like, <laughs> off podcast, it's
0: <laughs> gross. We are obsessed with how good it's Tyler Toffoli is. And my favorite thing, too, which I think we have mentioned on the podcast, in with talking about him, is the fact that in his draft year, up until the Combine, he was like, Ranked with Taylor Hall and Tyler Sagan. anytime people talked about draft rankings and whatnot, he was thought to be like one of the guys who was also going to go top five. And then after the combine, he dropped down a little. It's great to and like he now he spent like a couple seasons in the AHL or whatever. So it's great to see him come in now and find his place and continually see how much potential he has. Like he can be a great player, absolutely, and he's exciting to watch. I love every time he does anything positive because it's like the best thing to see to me. I, I love Tyler and uh,
1: It's great to see him and Pearson. They clicked so well when they were on the Monarchs. Mm-hmm. And to see that translate to the NHL level yeah. is delightful to see. And I like that Jeff Carter just has his like little rookies <laughs> on the side. I don't know why that just pleases me so much. <laughs> it does. You couldn't see him but Diane made like a petting motion? <laughs> there, which is
0: exactly what would happen, because Jeff Carter is a giant... <laughs>
1: Like they're not—they're not small dudes by any means. Like I'm five feet tall. Like I get it, but I just imagine him just kind of like corralling Good them. Good job, in. guys. I'm doing a lot Is of that? weird arm ar motions to describe this right now. If this were a video podcast. Uh,
0: yeah, I was really excited to see uh, Tavolino and Pearson score together because I think they've done a lot of great work on the same line recently. And in the points, they haven't really come out creating yeah. goals together. And finally, this one is one. And I, I'm excited for them. And would like to see more before the regular season ends. And obviously in the playoffs, if they could just be amazing. Oh, that'd be beautiful. And we are av- awaiting the return of Lyndon Vey, which uh, should be coming soon, it seems like.
1: Hey, guys, remember that like, Colin Frazier's on the Kings? So. <laughs> <laughs> it was really awkward. They
0: showed like a slightly older... Scoreboard feature. Yeah, yeah, scoreboard feature, and Colin Frazier was in it, and it was like, oh, right. <laughs> hey, <laughs> this buddy. This guy, <laughs> who is technically in L.A. because he's injured, and they let him fly back home to be with his family while his hand heals, which is nice of them, but yeah. uh, it, nobody's really missed Colin Fraser on the ice for the Kings. No. Oops. So, uh, yeah, Lynn and Vey, come back, though. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> Miss you. Nolan, out of here. Yeah, who cares? Uh, real quick, before we totally move on from the quick thing, Rich Hammond had a tweet because Andres Pavlek was the goaltender who started in goal for the Jets and gave up three in the first period. But um, he wrote on Twitter, Andres Pavolek was drafted with the number 41 pick in 2005. That's 31 spots ahead of Jonathan Quick. Because, of course, Quick was drafted 72nd overall in the same year. So I just thought that was funny. Little head-to-head Pavolek is a hot mess. Pavolek, I mean... We don't necessarily we could talk about this later, but I just want to note that Pavlek is a huge reason why the Jets aren't doing better this season.
1: Yeah, so. we we talked about it after the the game. Like the Jets aren't a bad team, mm. you know. They've got great forwards. They've got a pretty solid defense. Their goaltending is for shit. There, I mean, and we we were also talking about how with the the whole uh, coach change with uh, Palmarese at the helm, the Jets have been playing better. They've been playing well for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so if they could just get that goalie piece, they might be, like, a dangerous team. Yeah. Maybe.
0: Luckily, they don't have that piece now. No. So the Kings won, and I liked it. But in general, so they didn't score a power play goal last night, but I feel like we should acknowledge anyway that the Kings' power play continues to be pretty damn effective. And that's so strange (laughs) to be living in a world where... Teams kind of have to be worried that the Kings might score the power play.
1: Oh, we were saying we talked about this at the game yesterday when uh, the Kings got a power play, and I was just like, I actually am excited. They gave up a power play goal. They took I think three penalties. There was there were there any penalties in like the second period? I don't think so. I don't think so. So it was that's pretty this, good. I mean, after the seven penalty uh, yeah. party that was the Pens game. Yeah, it was good that they weren't. weren't It was not as
0: as bad. Which let's talk about that for a second because what the hell? (laughs) How do you give up? Give a team seven power play opportunities? Good job killing them all. Yeah,
1: but way to show off your penalty kill. But maybe don't do that. Yeah, can we not? And then I was uh, like angrily texting uh, Chanel about this later. I was just like, out of I don't have the numbers in front of me right now, but out of like the seventeen penalties that they've taken on their road trip. Yeah eight of them or tripping penalties. Yeah. Maybe stop doing that. <laughs> yeah. Like this. This isn't even just like a penalty problem. It is literally a tripping problem. Right. Stop tripping, guys. Stop tripping people. <laughs> and that would don't do that. <laughs> your penalties so significantly. Because that's all I. Just watching the games, I just was like, oh, uh, two minutes for tripping, two minutes for tripping, two minutes for tripping. I was like, do they have any other? Are they just calling tripping because they have for, like all of the refs have forgotten other penalties? Yeah, like, I don't understand.
0: And I know like the Kings are a team that. Four checks um, pretty well, and they back check pretty well. They are a defense-first team, so of course they're going to be right up on other players all the time. But you kind of still have to figure out how to be smart and not take dudes down, and then give them an opportunity to score against you because they have a man advantage. Recently, overall, I think the Kings have been a little bit better at that. Obviously, that game against the Penguins was a glaring error. (laughs) (laughs) But luckily, they killed all of them, which is exciting.
1: Which is exciting, too, because the... uh Pittsburgh is obviously. I mean, they're still a good team, but they weren't doing as hot mm-hmm. as of late, and so that was just another. At one point, the fans I think booed. Oh really? Uh, the I, don't think I noticed what that the Penguins unfortunate power for play. Them.
0: <laughs> well, now they know what it was like to be a Kings fan for like four months.
1: <laughs> yeah. So um, <laughs> I I don't know if I heard them or if like a commentator just like said it, but they were just like, oh yeah, now the fans are are booing oh. <laughs> the power play because <laughs> nothing is happening.
0: That is definitely what it was like to be a Kings fan. Hey, remember that game against the Canucks where they had, like, no seven minutes no. Of, nope. of power play time, five of which they could have scored as much as they wanted to? I kept
1: turtling further and further into a blanket as, like, time progressed during that power play. I was it's like, oh, maybe we'll do something. And then I just, like, slowly pulled the blanket <laughs> over my face and then just, like into a ball. And I I
0: can't remember if that was one of the games that was nationally televised or just it ended up being the game that was on at a time when no other games were on so a lot of people were watching it. And I think there was a lot of fighting in that game, too, which made people tune yes. in. So yes,
1: there was a lot of fighting.
0: People were watching them completely embarrass themselves on this power play, which I only bring up now because of because of the power play thing, but also because now the last two games, at least, that the Kings have had that have been nationally televised, because like last night's game was on Hockey Night in Canada, have been exciting games to watch. Like That 6-4 game against the Colorado Avalanche wasn't... It was terrible. <laughs> was, yeah, it was an awful game. Uh, uh, at least looking at it from the perspective of like the Kings playing their game. They weren't that night. They gave up three power play goals, actually. Yeah. But it was an exciting game because there was a lot of scoring back and forth. And this last game, I thought the Kings played really well. And it was an exciting game to watch, at least from our perspective. The second period was a little weird and chippy, but the first and third periods I thought were pretty interesting games. second period, uh, it, it
1: was uh, hard for anyone to kind of get something going. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of back and forth the neutral zone. Not a lot of actual offense or anything like that.
0: So, um, and so if I bear any sort of chip on my shoulder right now about the Kings, it's people calling them boring. (laughs) So I'm really glad their last couple of nationally televised performances, let's say, have been exciting to watch, because fuck you, everyone.
1: (laughs) Sometimes we don't realize how many feelings we have about the Kings until (laughs) someone says something terrible about the Kings and we talk about it with each other, and we're like, but no, fuck them. (laughs) We're really, they're garbage. So don't say mean things. Right. Well, you can say mean things if we're also saying mean things. That's fine. But if you're like an outsider saying mean <laughs> things, no. Yeah. Not okay.
0: We talk lots of crap about the Kings, but we get defensive when other people do it because emotions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they make sense. I guess the thing sort of set, or like set in motion with that game against the Avalanche, and which is... Which seems to generally still be true, is that it's weird now, since the Olympic break, to watch Kings games, and even when they go down, not have to automatically assume that they've lost a game in the first period. Absolutely. Which, for a while, at least a few weeks,
1: was the case. Yeah, absolutely. Also, like, if they gave up, uh, or if they scored a goal, they would immediately give up a goal. Right, yeah. So that was frustrating. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, now being down two is not great, but it's not insurmountable odds. Yeah.
0: Prime examples of that are a game in which they did end up losing, the Phoenix game, this uh, the last one, where they went down two really early in the first period and was like, that's a hot mess. But they managed to come back. The Coyotes ended up scoring the game winner, but the Kings gave themselves an opportunity to get back in the game. And then, of course, in the Capitals game, same thing happened. They gave up two power play goals, both scored by Alexander Ovechkin. Of course. And... Came back from it, end up winning that game. We're ahead in the third period at one point, and then ended up winning the game in the we're shootout. Out. It's nice to see them hustle and not feel like completely hopeless that <laughs> they you know won't figure out how to give themselves an opportunity later on.
1: Yeah, we're being so nice about them. Yeah, they well, I They've can't really
0: complain. <laughs> They've been good. I they are doing really well overall right now. I still think obviously these last six games will be a test for them because they're all against divisional rivals. Right. Um, some of which are either fighting for a playoff spot or fighting for dignity or, you know, with the Ducks and the Sharks battling each other. So, yeah. we'll be quite a test and um, then we'll really see how we feel about the Kings heading into the postseason. I want them to win a lot of those games because then they will set a franchise record
1: yes. for most wins in a season. If they win three more games, then they will have beat their uh, franchise records for wins in a season. Yeah. And let's just continue, you know, breaking records. Do it. That. Win yeah. another road game in a row. Yes. So that break that, you know, break that record. Sure. Why not? So they have set themselves
0: up for some for some cool opportunities when it comes to franchise history and and also
1: just an opportunity to finish the season really strong. So uh, do that. We would appreciate it very much. Uh, one thing that is just a uh, sort of game related, sort of not that we want to note, but I we should because we talk about Jeff Carter and Mike Richards all the time is their their snubbing of, of the Philly media, and most most notably Mike Richards. Yeah. Apparently there was a scrum of just like 20 people just loitering around his particular stall waiting for a quote. <laughs> and then uh, one of the King's uh, communication guys had to go in and be like, oh, oh yeah, Mike Richards left like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> He's gone already. Yes. He's gone. I mean, people got on him for that, and by people I mean Philly media, but Having having them there swimming around his stall like sharks, yeah. There wasn't there was nothing productive about that uh, about that like interview that Mm-mm. was going to happen. It was just going to be attacks. It was just going to be like, why bother the day before yeah. a game, or the day of a game mm-hmm. actually. And you know, Jeff Carter talked to the media, which is good because he doesn't like talking to media all that much. And so he did his part, and Mike Richards talked after. But everyone got all up in arms about it, and yeah. then it, it like. Mostly translated into this entire thing about whether players should be available for media all day, every day, all the time. Notably, it also happened to uh, Dion Phaneuf. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was supposed to, as the captain, he was supposed to stick around and you know give a quote about a terrible—I don't know which game, but you can pick any game—a terrible game that the Leafs played and lost in. Um, but he bolted, and he gave a very honest response the next day, being defending himself, being like. I was not in the headspace to, like, it would have been all emotions. It wouldn't have been useful or productive or anything at all. And so I didn't. Yeah. Quote. Which Which is, I think is absolutely fair. Absolutely fair.
0: I mean, like, I think if you're a media person, it's always beneficial, I will say to you. If you do have, like, those emotional quotes or whatever, you Mm -hmm. want to be able to capture those moments that come across as more genuine and sincere. But if you're the player and you're like, I can't be at my most professional right now because of whatever reason, I think it's totally fine to try to take care of your own interests yeah. and not put yourself in that situation. And especially when it's not like, oh, Mike Richards wasn't available, so they didn't talk to any Kings players. It was,
1: yeah, know, um, talk to these other guys. <laughs> talking to your, like, Sean O'Donnell and Patrick O'Neill mentioned that the day before the Kings, all of the Kings were available for media availability. And no, no one was there. No one was there. Like, they chose like the morning skate and they mm-hmm. chose to descend upon him, mm-hmm. you know, post-practice. Sorry yeah. that that happened, I guess. Yeah. But uh, you picked a really garbage way of, of doing things. Mm-hmm.
0: And I think in contrast, the Philly thing is especially interesting because, like, even last night, Mike Richards at the postgame. And of course, they had just won, so it's, like, easier to talk after a win. But he has had no problem talking to LA media yeah. at all. <laughs> so I think that's just sort of a testament to the difference in markets and how those markets carry themselves and interact with those players and the reputations that they build for themselves.
1: Seanadonal, as someone who had played in Philly, was talking about how you know if they go, if they have a bad loss, Philly media will get on you for it, and you know with good reason. But if you win they'll still focus on that one goal that you let in.
0: Of course they will.
1: Because you can't celebrate a win. you got to look at all the bad. And it's not to say that the the LA media are constantly patting all of the players on the back for a job well done. They're plenty critical. They're plenty, you know...
0: Yeah. I've uh, I've definitely seen times where LA players have gotten... Frustrated about the media asking about certain things. Yeah. Really bad saves or like non saves that Quick has made or something.
1: Where it's like, what about that terrible like own goal? What about it? Yeah. (laughs) So it's not like they're giving uh, the players an an easy time of it, but they're doing it in a professional way, Mm -hmm. you know, in like a journalistic way. And the players understand that. And therefore, like, there's good relations between players and, and media, at least in LA and so yeah you can still get those those good quotes and um the true like emotions behind what they're feeling so yeah so that was an interesting
0: thing just to see how uh, I mean I mean it's not like a secret that Mike Richardson has a t- terrible relationship with the Philadelphia media <laughs> yeah. but it was interesting as somebody who pays more attention to the LA market and doesn't think about a market like the, Phila- the Philadelphia media market very much um, until that situation happens. It was interesting to be like, oh, right, I forgot kind of that this was your reputation in yeah. this place. Yeah. When in Los Angeles, when like we've been critical of Mike Richards, it's almost exclusively, at least for me, about the way he's playing at the time rather than like having major criticisms of Mike Richards as a person.
1: Yeah. Because
0: like him and Jeff Carter just don't have those reputations in Los Angeles. Right. It's not at all like people love Jeff Carter.
1: Here. Oh yeah! <laughs> Plenty of people hate
0: Jeff Carter still in Philadelphia. Absolutely. Oh, an interesting bit of news just to mention: uh, Rob Blake, assistant general manager for the Kings, um, is going to be Team Canada's general manager at the ro- at the World Championships. Congratulations to that guy!
1: Yeah, and he was talking about in a in an interview that he had been like sitting in with like Dean Lombardi mm-hmm. to kind of get tips and tricks as to you know how to create a, a good. A good roster. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, you know, he's got, he's got Dean Lombardi's ideas and suggestions, you know, in his mind as to when he's picking it. So that's a good person to kind of shadow. Awesome. All right.
0: Just to wrap things up a little bit, being the end of the month, it means people are voting for Player of the Month, King's Player of the Month. Here are the choices, and then we will tell you our selection. The choices are Alec Martinez, Jeff Carter, Justin Williams, Jonathan Quick, and Andre Kopitar.
1: If you are not laying in bed every night eating cookies and voting for Alec Martinez nonstop, <laughs> you don't want to be your friend. I it's interesting because I feel like we have the exact opposite problem of the one that we
0: had in January, where it was like nobody deserves any recognition for anything because <laughs> everyone Whereas, was terrible. <laughs> yeah, where like this month, people like the Kings have been so good. Like even when they haven't won games, they've generally played really well. I think a, a lot of these guys. Deserve to be player. They're, the they're
1: very deserving. I can see a case being made for all of them. Yeah. But, but I, I think you have to give it to Alec give Martinez. It to Al- give it to Alec. He's Martinez. been so hot the last month or so.
0: Alec Martinez forever, or at least for March.
1: Right. Alec Martinez for March. Yes.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's who I would vote for as well. I haven't actually voted yet. Diane has, in fact, laid in bed voting.
1: <laughs> I 100 percent have, <laughs> but I have not gotten. Yes, that I'm part. single. <laughs>
0: I have to, I have to catch up there. Man, head
1: and down! I'm not sure he's okay. Uh, there's no question that this one's a penalty. A large five-minute major penalty power play for the Kings. Five-minute majors, I guess since we just played the Pittsburgh Penguins and talked about how um, they're cursed. Evgeny Malkin is out for two to three weeks with a foot injury. Yeah. Uh, which is not great for for the penguins they are literally falling apart at the seams like bo bennett just came back and who had a great game Who had a great game bo bennett come back to california play for the kings thanks we want we want all the california boys to come back i just want
0: somebody who was a junior king to become a real king at some point
1: bobby ryan most notably but
0: who was also injured
1: yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah who also had surgery for like a sports hernia from like that wicked uh Fall into the boards mm-hmm. well
0: they said that he had actually been hurt since november and was just playing through it and i guess that where his hit against the boards aggravated it to a point where it was like all right let's just do surgery on this guy yeah so he not have this problem anymore yeah. which i thought was interesting because it's like wow bobby Br- bobby brian bobby <laughs> ryan has been hurt since november that's insane <laughs> that she would just be like I'm gonna play through it.
1: Yeah, the hurt, like, you need your core a lot in hockey and skating, (laughs) and having that portion of you injured sounds like not good hockey. Yeah. Like, that's not gonna be a good time for anyone. I think,
0: especially for somebody like him, who, I mean, which probably contributes to why they were just like, well, if you can play through it, play through it, is he is someone that they acquired to score for them all the time and be a really like a game-changer for that team. So you're like, alright, you don't want to take him out of the lineup, but it's also like, if he's hurt, he can't play his best for you. Yeah. Uh So, interesting news there. I, but Sidney
1: Crosby is still healthy, so... so their yeah. <laughs> Their deal with the devil is still going strong, and that all of the other Penguins players are dropping, but Sidney right. Crosby is still... Healthy. Still kicking.
0: Although, I it, in the last game that they played, he had, I guess... In the Kings game, it seemed like he had hurt, or they mentioned that he might have hurt his hand a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then Jack Johnson, in their game against the Blue Jackets, tapped his hand, I think mostly accidentally, like with a stick. And so Sidney Crosby was like shaking his hand a lot. And I was like, oh no, if they have made this deal with the devil and then he gets hurt anyway. (laughs) Just a a horrible time. Awful. (laughs) For Pittsburgh. But anyway, with all of that, the thing that has been interesting is partly because of the injuries and just some system issues overall, they haven't been playing as well. So Rob Scuderi recently, um, as he had done, I think, one other time in the season, sort of stood in front of the media, was like, yeah, our guys need to play with more passion, kind of calling them out, not in a super disrespectful way, but calling them out kind of publicly, like, we're not playing very well. And there has been some media chatter that in that room, guys, maybe, like veteran guys, don't think that this group of people, of players, this team this year actually has a chance of winning the cup. And there was also talk about, like, they had a closed door meeting just yeah. between the players and Brooks orpic said some stuff or whatever. So tension in Pittsburgh. Will it bubble over? <laughs> Is what I want to know.
1: <laughs> will it be another thing like last year's playoff? <laughs> yeah.
0: High drama.
1: Oh, that'd be exciting.
0: And then and then, what will they do because I think they are also, like, in a weird place where you can be, you can get mad about the production, but they actually still have a good record on the season. Yeah. And also, a lot of it has to do with a rotating lineup because of injuries. So you can't be like, well, this person has been terrible, necessarily, like, all season, and then kick them out. Like, who do you get rid of?
1: Yeah. No, no, everyone's just been hurt, <clears throat> and no one has had time to kind of, like you know, settle in, click, mesh with their line mates because it's constantly changing. Yeah,
0: although I will say, actually, two people who have actually not been very good for the Penguins are Rob Scuderi and Brooks Orpik, so I hope they were mostly talking to themselves.
1: I'm just talking out loud, mostly to myself, but (laughs) you guys are all here, so let's listen in. All
0: right. Maybe you can learn from my mistakes. So that that I thought was pretty fascinating, that there is apparently some tension in Pittsburgh and everybody is kind of feeling a little uneasy about their their postseason. Mm-hmm. Um, they might get some guys back like Malkin. Um, Letang might play in the postseason. He decided not to play any of the regular season, um, but I guess there's still some possibility that he could play in the postseason. Yeah,
1: mostly he's just said, I'll play when I'm ready. Yeah. Which, yeah, absolutely. You suffered a stroke. That's so fair. And, um <laughs> it's been... This is just like a random side note. It's been really weird with like players player injuries and then people just immediately being like, "Okay, but when are you coming back?" Yeah, or like uh because we were talking about Winnipeg, uh apparently like Andrew Ladd just had a kid mm-hmm. and Winnipeg fans got on him for missing a game for like taking a personal game That's because his crazy. baby was just born. How dare you hang out with your baby? It, just, it was not. How dare you? But it was funny because uh, then a bunch of people were just like, oh yeah. Winni- Winni- yeah, that sounds about right for Winnipeg people. So
0: another thing that I noticed this week, the NHL apparently will hold a combine in August to recruit new talent for on ice officials to become on ice officials interesting considering the amount of times games have been decided by weird calls or whatever maybe the league is starting to address that like oh maybe we need to uh get freshen up our talent pool a little (laughs) little. because people are real upset about it so um i don't have any exact numbers and i don't where i saw it mentioned was um uh Dragger on uh t s n just mentioned that this was happening so there were, i didn't see any or hear any numbers about like the number of games that have been decided by questionable calls or whatever, but I guess it's a significant enough problem now that the n h l is like all right let's uh let's do something yeah kind of slipping under the radar it's not like they're making a big announcement about it, but something that's happening apparently this summer so hopefully there will be less uh goals off the net. Please. Onto, back, and then into the goal. No goals from heaven. Yes. <laughs> um, and then we've touched on it a little bit, but now I think we should talk about it a little more just because it's so fascinating. Ready for, it. ready for Mabel it. The Toronto Maple Leafs complete
1: implosion <laughs> at the end of this regular season. It has been um, like a train wreck to watch. I've loved it. It's and I'm not going to lie, but... According to Sports Club stats, at when the Kings beat or when the Leafs came to the Staples Center, they beat the Kings. Right. Mm-hmm. And at that time, they had an eighty-six point six percent chance of making it into the playoffs. Right now, <laughs> they're not. They're not going to make it in unless they win all their games and a bunch of other teams lose. Also,
0: just to note, like, so they've lost eight in a row, and the, so that means the last team that they did win against was, in fact, the Kings. <laughs> Yeah. So it seems like the Kings just sort of uh, passed off their horrible <laughs> luck to the Toronto Maple Leafs, and now the Maple
1: Leafs are just destined to skid through the regular season. And it is super... I don't know if I want to recommend, but watch Joffrey Lupul's post-game interview from their game against the Red Wings, because it is sad. Um, but he makes a good point in that it's not any one thing, mm-hmm. because if it was one thing, you could fix it but sometimes they're not scoring. Sometimes they their defensive core just cannot get it together. Sometimes the goaltending is not at its best. And so with that, they've just been spiraling ever downwards. And every every chart that you look at regarding the the Leafs' like stats or their play, it's just a sad, sad steep decline.
0: Their underlying numbers all season I think have been worrisome. I guess, if you're a part of that fan base because of the fact that they don't have great possession numbers yeah. and whatnot. But they have been pretty lucky as a team because they've gotten uh, much improved goaltending. Um, not that their goaltending was horrible last season because, as everybody knows, James Ryber was pretty much the reason they made it to the postseason. But it's been better, actually, this season even, the... Um, the safe percentage for that team, and they have people like Phil Kessel and James Van Riemsdyk, who are having great seasons overall and have scored a lot for that team. So they've pulled out a number of wins, but it seems like all of that luck has now
1: dried up. Yeah, the, <laughs> it's uh, gone. the fancy stats people are feeling real smug right now about the fact that they called the uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs eventual collapse since the beginning. Yeah. Because that's just the way the numbers trend. So, too bad for them,
0: and uh it'll be interesting to see if they can pull out some 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 of that luck before the end of the season. It's not looking real great right now. It's
1: looking terrible. I feel mostly bad for Phil Kessel. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Phil Kessel is once again putting up however many goals he's putting up for not. All for not. He
0: plays so well and he is just on a team that doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> Will nobody think of Phil Castle? <laughs> Will nobody take care of him?
0: Sorry, I know at one point I said that my um, fascination with the Leafs was over, but I lied. <laughs> because I still am invested in Phil Castle, apparently. Uh, at the very least. And I also do, like, uh, Vader Raim's a lot as well. So, yeah. A couple of other things that I just remembered. Just to note, because I thought they were interesting. The Sabres. We talked a little bit about how they should just sign Nolan to a contract. And because they had seemed to pick it up a little bit, and so they did. He has a three-year deal now to be their coach, and that's pretty cool for him. Jordan Olin's dad has a job. <laughs> Another thing that I thought was interesting is Hockey Night in Canada tweeted about how fighting is down 17% this season, and 70% of games don't include a fight at all, which is awesome, I think. I don't, I don't mind fighting when it's genuine but I think, especially in the past, like there have been, there was like a resurgence of people bringing up like fourth liners to be fighters specifically. And so yeah. I thought there was like a little bit more of like stage fighting. And I think staged fighting is the dumbest thing ever because there's no reason for it, <laughs> and it doesn't accomplish anything to me. It's just like here's two fourth liners that are not very talented, and they're gonna hit each other and waste some time. Yeah. So I I think it's cool that there's less fighting. Even if it if even if that just means less fights that don't make sense, also less opportunity for people to get injured in fights, which is great. That's nice. Because I'd much rather have those players play hockey.
1: <laughs> yeah, that thing. I'm at a hockey game, not a boxing match. Um, True. Super random. Burrows and Getzlaf got in a fight yesterday. Apparently. Oh, did they? And then um, at oh, at my regular face, mm-hmm. commented about how. There was no hair pulling from Burroughs' part. Oh, wow. Because there's no hair. (laughs) There's no hair for Ryan (laughs) Getzlaff. And I just thought that was funny because um, everyone's fascination with (laughs) Ryan Getzloff's bald head continues to delight me. Yes. Alright, I think that's all that we have for this week. Is there anything else that you can think of that you want to mention, Diane? Um, Everyone should keep Talking great things about Andre Kopitar and yes. hashtagging it's smooth. Love Andrzej Um, Andrzej. Everyone go vote for Alec Martinez. Yes. And uh, just keep Trevor Lewis in your hearts.
0: <laughs> Always. Just, just keep him in your hearts. Because you know what? It seems to have worked.
1: <laughs> Love you, Trevor Lewis. <laughs> those are my, my parting shots. <laughs>
0: I agree with all of those.
1: (laughs) So I don't have
0: anything that I need to say. So it's time to say goodbye, friends. Um, If you do not follow us on Twitter, we are at ThanksBud. Individually, I'm at Chanel Berlin.
1: And I'm at AKA Diane Fan.
0: And you can interact with us on Twitter, on the site. If you want to listen to us on iTunes, do that. If you want to listen to us on Stitcher, you can do that. Um, Otherwise, take care of yourselves. Be good to each other. Have a great week, and we'll see you next
1: week. Yeah, hopefully we can say the Kings have won all their games again. That would be amazing. All right. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye, friends.